This episode of Doing It For The Kids is sponsored by Penfold, the digital pension for the self-employed. Have you sorted a pension yet? Hmm? Have you? It can be scary to sign up for one when your income varies so much from month to month. But Penfold totally get that. Theirs is the first pension built for freelancers like us that's completely flexible. Increase, decrease or pause contributions whenever you need to. You can start a Penfold pension in under five minutes, even with a baby on your knee, straight from your phone, with as little as £10 a month. Their app allows you to manage and plan your savings, pay in a lump sum when you can, or amend your monthly direct debit in just a few taps. And you've got a Penfold pension, right? Yes, I do, and I love it. Is it weird to love a pension? To be fair, you've said weirder things, so... (laughs) Anyway, Penfold are offering £25 to all DIFDKs who open a pension with them. I know, nice! Sign up at getpenfold.com slash DIFTK. Penfold are regulated by the FCA, so we need to make it clear in this very grown-up voice that we are most definitely not financial advisors, and when you put money in a pension, it's an investment, and like all investments, your capital is at risk. The tax benefits of a pension do vary depending on your individual circumstances and may change in the future. Oh my god. <laughs> We've had a long long no what's the song? La 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 long la 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 long la long 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 summer we're going long gonna make you sweat. Yes sweat until you sweat no more. Do you know what I particularly love about this? In my office, there is a very leaky window to the next office, which means the person next door at the moment is listening to me sing in a circle, if I'm not mistaken, and make you sweat from probably 1992. Wow, you remember the name of the artist. I'm actually amazed by that. Come on, I did mean, you, who did doesn't... you say inner sweat? Who doesn't have the inner circle uh, best of? Inner circle, not inner sweat, sorry. No, inner sweat is a medical condition. <laughs> That really you should have had sorted out by now. Inner circle sounds like. It might get some inner sweat, to be honest. <laughs> oh, have you got some inner sweat? Yeah, just why am I in a circle? I was about to say, inner circle sounds like a band name. And I was like, oh yeah, it, it is. is. That's how this conversation started. <laughs> oh God. All right, I think. We should probably do a podcast? Yeah, we should yeah, try and probably. attempt a podcast. Yeah. Okay, go for it. Oh yeah, I start. (laughs) Hello, you're listening to the Doing It For The Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie and this is Steve. Hello, yes, each episode we take a question from the Doing It For The Kids community, do our best to answer it. But we start each episode by looking back at the last episode. Even though the last episode was a long time ago, I'm sure you were on the edge of your seats, on the edge of your deck chairs in the summer, wondering what on earth happened to our last question. The last question was... It was from Jason Hunt, who sounded like a detective, but isn't. Jason is real. And he was talking about, he's a one-man show, he's a one-man business, but should he be presenting himself as a larger agency or not? Tom Garfield got in touch. Tom says, I've wrestled with these thoughts a lot and have a whole pile of unused company names and half-finished web pages before landing on just being me. I think being honest is the only way to go. One big thing is that agencies in my experience, will have a portion of junior team members. And so the actual person carrying out the work might be far less experienced than the group of independent freelancers that you can pull together. I also try to keep my services pretty tight and won't try to be a full service option because to me, full service, in quotation marks, just means we're all right at everything and not brilliant at anything. Trudy Thorpe says, I think it's about being genuine, similar to Tom. 
We were selecting a digital agency and visited all of them. In the selection process, it was so clear who was a good fit and who understands your organisation, who has a handle on what you want. If there is scoring that's carried out, that flags up what strengths and weaknesses there are to match the brief. The winning agency were very clearly the ones that had an exact grasp on the organisation and project objectives. And their really small team were able to carry out a range of tasks at the levels required. So with that in mind, I don't use we. I and my business tell the story authentically, which fits with my brand values. Becky Dixon says, I work in a totally different sector, preschool classes, music teacher, that kind of thing. And so it's different as I'm pitching to direct individual customers rather than winning bids, but often find myself in copy slipping into we and pretending I'm a big team to try and sound more legit. It's just me. Well, until I get my first employee next month. But then I remind myself that the big companies in their marketing are often working to sell the small personal homely angle, which I have authentically. So I should shout about that. Yes, totally. Every big company wants to be all personal. We are personal. We're people. We're persons. I think there's a fly in here, which I might have to kill at some point, just so you know. If I randomly reach for a book and start smashing things, that's why. Anyway, look at us. We're back. How are you? F- fairly broken. Oh. The combination of facts is, one, long summer, hot, hot summer. And also, <laughs> how many songs can I can I find about summer? There's more. Yeah, combination of like knackering summer with kids and deadlines and blah, 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 blah. And also my daughter has now gone into nursery full time. <gasps> So I've just had my first week working Monday to Friday for the first time in six years. Mm -hmm. Literally, the Saturday after last week, I couldn't get out of bed. (laughs) We went to this bouncy castle place and I just was like, can I lie down and have a sleep? (laughs) Um, Sadly not. Let's just remind ourselves, though, just because you could work five days doesn't mean you have to work five days. Well, interesting you should say that because my out of office says I work Monday to Thursday. Hey, hey. With the idea being that Friday is like, um, it could be like a fun, not do anything, sleep day. But also I'm planning to use it for like, you know, the stuff that you never have the time to do. Mm. Friday is going to be the get that side hustle shit done. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how are you? You've had an exciting summer moving into your new shiny house, right? Mm. Is it is a house a home yet? Or is it just box madness? Well, I tell you what, yeah, because people keep saying, oh, are you settled? Are you settled? And and at first I wasn't quite sure. But now I think I am. And I'll tell you why. Because I've reached a point where I don't have to open every cupboard in the kitchen to find something. What? No, 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 no. We've been here a year and I I don't know. (laughs) Well, in that case, (laughs) right, it occurred to me that where this was paying off is all for years of having kids and playing the memory game. Oh, yeah. You know where you turn cards over and you have to try and think, oh, where did I last see that one? Oh, it's over there. It's like that, but with condiments and saucepans. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, honey. In my head, I'm visualising honey. Where did I last see honey? Open that, turn it over. Boom! <laughs> Open that. Oh, no, that's daddy pig. Oh, flip that one back. Okay, yes, colander. So, yeah, um, I, I think that equals being settled. Our question this week comes from Claire Wood, who is a web and graphic designer at Spurwing Creative. S-P-U-R-W-I-N-G creative.co.uk. She says, hi both. My current dilemma is a question I keep coming back to and yet have never found a way to resolve. 
I started my freelance business 13 years ago, and over the years, my role has moved from a predominantly creative business into a more developer online business. I love designing and creating, but now find that I am so bogged down in admin and technical jobs that I end up being less and less creative. I'm incredibly lucky that the bulk of my work is referrals and that I'm busy, but I find the more websites and systems I produce, the more I get recommended for that kind of work, which exacerbates the issue. I understand how I got here. I'm good at producing these systems, but I find them incredibly boring to produce and I'm still in a mindset where I'm unable to turn work down. Now I'm in a position where I'm not enjoying the bulk of my workload and feel isolated, lonely and bored thanks to working from home. My mental health is suffering. In an ideal world, I would have a financial cushion that would allow me to turn down some of these projects and pursue more that interests me. But as many self-employed people are, I work very hand to mouth, especially being a widowed parent. My question is, how can I somehow incorporate more of what I love and ultimately went freelance to do without losing out financially? Some days I think I'd love to work outside or do something completely different, but understand this isn't possible unless I win the lottery. But the ideal would be to design book covers all day, but that's only 5% of what I currently do. Any ideas on how to help morph my business back to a place where I'm not voluntarily doing something I don't enjoy? Thanks, Claire. This question makes me a bit sad. Because she's literally called Spurwing Creative and she's calling out for help because she's feeling like she's not doing any creative work anymore. Mm. And that makes me sad. <laughs> and also it makes me sad because a lot of the time people I speak to, I don't know about you, like they start off in this kind of scenario where they're taking anything and everything because they need money and they need to get their business going. But then over time, they like niche out, niche their you know, what it is they want to do and get more clients that make them happy. And I feel like Claire's going the other way. Why is that? What can we do about that? Yeah, I've I've kind of fallen down this trap at times as well. It's, as you say, you do something, you do it well. Mm. So therefore, people ask you to do it again. And on top of that, they refer you to other people for doing that thing, even though it wasn't the thing you wanted to be doing. Remember, people hire you to do the things they see you doing. And so you need to make sure that you're portfolio or your Instagram or your LinkedIn or whatever it may be is still showing the thing you want to be known for. So even if you're doing a brilliant back-end systems type thing, maybe you stop want to stop shouting about the fact that you're doing that and instead show the book cover that you've been working on or new branding thing or whatever it might be. If you want to stop building websites, stop telling people you build websites. Definitely. I feel like this episode is going to be a culmination of bits from other episodes. Mm. So I feel like I might have told this story before. When I first started trying to get freelance gigs as a designer, I built this portfolio site that I thought should show all the things I can do. So it was like, here's my corporate, you know, letterhead stuff. Here's the websites I can build. Here's the crazy colourful stuff, blah, blah, blah. But it had like all the things. And in reality, it looked a bit confused and a bit like in the comment Tom made about, you know, doing all the things and not doing any of them particularly well. For a long time, I was building websites for people that weren't particularly good. <laughs> and I did it and I did it quite cheap because they weren't particularly good. And um, I got more and more of that work and absolutely hated it and had to do that really like, I guess, what she's going through now, that, that crisis moment where I was like, I need to stop this before it gets out of control. And what I did was very much a big no so whenever somebody was sent to me as a referral saying, oh, I need a website for 
a few hundred quid. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> if you want a website, I had like a list of two or three people, basically. They actually wanted to continue doing that kind of work. And that was uncomfortable and it was scary. And I also, that came from a position of privilege and that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't solely responsible for my family. So like it's a different, saying no is a lot easier when, you know, you've got other people making money in, in your household. But yes, trying to do less of that while also updating my portfolio where it was all the colourful stuff. It was all the stuff I wanted to be doing. It was the projects I absolutely loved and cutting out the corporate. I can still do the corporate and I still get gigs like that because, you know, I've got to make some money. But the version of myself that I present that I'm trying to sell is very much like, I want to do the fun, colourful, creative gigs, please. And on the whole, they start come or have started to come through. There's another thing in your comments as well, Claire, where you say, in an ideal world, I would have a financial cushion. But you can create that. Now, yes, it might take time, but maybe you need to put up your prices. I don't want you to sit there basically and think that's an ideal world and it's out of reach. It's not out of reach. You can do that. You just need to bring in more money than you spend ultimately. So you need to put up the prices as well as looking at your overheads, but ultimately put up your prices. Literally, the the second thing on my list was put your rates up. (laughs) Yeah. Putting your rates up works in two ways in this context. One is it buys you that freedom to do stuff, to say no. But also it, I think, would work in the long run for your your technical build stuff, if that's what you still want to do, because you're going to get clients who are going to pay you better, who are more invested, who maybe might be more enjoyable to work for you know putting your rates up would mean the work you're currently doing would be more rewarding literally but it would also buy you the freedom to do other stuff it's a win-win charging more will also mean you don't perhaps need so many like you don't have to turn them all away Mm. at once these technical jobs Mm. you could just mean that you only have let's say for argument's sake one a month instead of three a month and then that means you have more time to work on the other stuff and find the other stuff or create things that bring you the other stuff. And you could consider keeping that work but hiring someone else to do it for you. You're charging more in general, not just to give to that person to do the work, but also for your business to keep it, plus also your financial cushion so that your business survives. Also pointing out to people hey, it was great working with you on that blah, blah build. Do you need anything like this? Mm. You know, like pointing out the other things you do. Um, I could design this. I can design that. Did you know I can do that? Because I can. You know that it's great working with me. Do you know anybody who might need any of these things? Such a good point. If you are going to start saying no, as part of that communication, you should be saying what you are saying yes to. Mm. That email or conversation or whatever is like, uh, really sorry, I don't do that anymore. I'm steering more towards these sorts of things. Here's my new portfolio website you can check out. Don't burn all your bridges by saying no, see you later, unless you hated them already and wanted to get rid. But yeah, use that network. Use your clients that already like you and, and what you've done for them and get them to flog your new. Yeah, because she doesn't mention not liking the clients. It's the work where she doesn't like. Yeah. So... Presuming you like those clients and they might give you similar good quality clients, then, yeah, that's worth doing. I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on, bubbling under the surface here, right? In that she's clearly had a traumatic time and is now parenting on her own. And that's going to come with, like, the weight of responsibility, the financial weight of responsibility for her family. Mm. And 
making any change is scary for that reason. But in, in the context of her life, it's risky. You don't want to do anything risky. She's trying to protect herself. She's like, look, I've got all this work coming in through referrals. It's fine, but it's really dull. There's no I want to do. But she's not allowing herself to move into something else because she's afraid it's not going to work out or it's not going to make enough money. And she'll regret that decision, presumably. I don't know. Reading between the lines, Claire. <laughs> but it sounds like once upon a time you were doing more creative stuff. You have all the means to get back there yourself. It's, I feel like it's a mind, a lot of this is a mindset thing. Say it loud enough and people will start hiring you more for those gigs. Charge more to carve out time for those new projects. And we grant you permission, Claire, to give it a go. <laughs> more than likely, based on what you've said, it will be absolutely fine. I'm sure of it. Because you're good at what you do, Claire. Right. You've just got to do more of the thing that you want to do. That's all. You're just too bloody good at too many things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you do, you're doing a good job at things you don't want to be doing. Exactly. Now just start doing a good job at the things you do want to be doing. Yeah. I've just had a fly buzzing around my ear and it's driving me absolutely <laughs> And now it's left. I don't know where it is. Oh, you bastard. Yes! No, not sure. Okay, as ever, we love to hear your comments. So maybe you've been in this situation. Maybe you're in it. Uh, how did you get out of it? So on and so forth. Get in touch. As always, you can do so in Facebook group, Doing It For The Kids. Search for episode... 71. And you'll find the comments there. Uh, even if it's a long way into the future, uh, please do comment and you could be helping Claire out. We'll read them next time around when we'll also need a new question. Send your questions via the website or DM Frankie. Uh, remember, they can also be anonymous. And what's going on with Being Freelance HQ is the podcast back after the summer are you still selling your course what's going on oh my god you, you know the passive income dream mm. of selling a course while while you're on the beach oh were you actually on the beach i was actually <laughs> on the beach when i got a notification that somebody had signed up for the course now admittedly the beach was stony and i was wearing a cagoule to stop <laughs> myself getting wind beaten but yes, nevertheless, it did actually happen for a moment. I was living the passive income dream. Yes, the course is how to get started being freelance. Uh, so you can check that out, beingfreelance.com. The podcast returns at the end of September, I keep saying. Probably need to record some. Yeah, probably. Good luck with that. Lockdown summer in the city. That's a good one. I mean, I like the fact that you're singing these as we hit into autumn, but still. I'm even wearing a jumper today. So... Story, sorry, interlude. <laughs> I had a very nice jumper that I spent quite a lot of money on a couple of years ago. Loved it. 100% wool, sign of a good jumper. Didn't wash it for a very long time. And then we went camping over the summer, all got norovirus. I was like, I need to wash this shit because even if it's not dirty, I just feel like I need to cleanse all mm. of my belongings. So I put it in the washing machine on like the, you know, the coolest gentle cycle. And it still shrunk. No. It's like half the size. So then I got paid and I bought another new jumper for myself a couple of weeks ago you know when you get new clothes and you're like oh, i feel great i feel like new person blah 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 and i would also argue like autumn is my season you know gold i got my gold boots i like a big knit etc etc um so like the first day of pickup at school i was like i'm gonna wear my new jumper because it's autumn now <laughs> and then it was like 22 degrees and i didn't have anything on underneath you know my plan was look cool and then i showed up and i was just a sweaty hot woolen mess 
at least you remembered you didn't have anything on underneath. True. You know, because you could have been, oh, my God, this jumper is boiling and just taking it off. Yeah, that would have been an interesting way to start the new year. Hey, new reception parents. Yeah. (laughs) And then we're like, oh, where do we donate? Is this like a PTA thing? (laughs) Oh, my God, I can see it. Oh, I'm so sorry.